0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Torn ACL Recovery Podcast. My name is Chris Arnold, and this is a short series podcast that follows my personal journey from ACL injury back to full strength. In it, I discuss the ups, downs, and everything in between in the days, weeks, and months after surgery. Hopefully, this will help you in your own process to getting well after injury. Thanks for listening. Week one behind us, that was quite a week. Those last seven days were something else. There's no question about it. A lot of lows, a lot of silver linings. Um, I don't think one day of the last seven was the same. And on this episode, I want to go through what those days were like and kind of the routine I found myself getting in. I want to talk a little bit about the help that you'll need in the first week. I want to talk about the pain management. That is absolutely a huge factor. Um, little things like setting timers on your phone. I want to come back to that maybe briefly, um, something came up for me a few days ago that is uncommon I'll say, but, uh, if you do find yourself in the same situation, um, I just want to talk about it because I didn't, I didn't see much about it in my own research or. never really came across too much of it until I really had to sort of specifically search for what is a dreaded shin throb, monster shin bruise that has been wreaking havoc on me the last couple days. And then I want to talk about the YouTube trap. This is something that I, um, it's a little bit comical to say it like that, but I think that there is some validity in comparing yourself or comparing your injury and your surgery and your recovery to what what is being posted on youtube with regards to acl reconstruction and how people tend to market themselves as uh <laughs> as as miraculous recoverers of acl surgery so i'm going to come back to that at the end i first again want to just walk through the first week and uh give you a sense of of maybe what to expect as soon as i got back from this uh the, the surgical center, I went right to the couch, I laid down, I had everything set up, kind of as I was talking about in the first episode. You know, everything was ready to go. I didn't really have to do much except crutch over to the couch and lay down and, and that's really where I found myself for, for pretty much the entire week. And honestly not much has changed now a week later. I'm getting around a little easier, but I'm still I'm still on the couch quite a bit. I'm I'm moving my station around a, a little bit. But um, you, you really need to make sure you have a spot where you can be comfortable and okay with for at least a week and, and, and make sure that that's kind of acceptable for all of the things that you'll need. Are you close to the kitchen? Are you close to a bathroom? Um, otherwise, it could become challenging to just get around in general. My, my first day, my first night, I, I, sh- I guess I should say, I don't really have too much recollection of it. I was still a little bit out of it. Um, felt pretty good honestly uh, same thing with the next day that that full Friday after my surgery I felt pretty good I felt like this this isn't that bad and you know I was staying on top of my pain medicine um, for for my case um, I was given kind of the common dose of vicodin to take every four to six hours and then I was also given oxy for uh, for breakthrough pain um, which I really I really at first wanted to stay away from (laughs) Um, and I'll get back to that in a minute but um, I stayed on top of my pain pills even though at the time on Friday things still felt pretty good Um, but I quickly realized into Friday night and Friday overnight into Saturday that um, you know the the nerve block that they give you had not worn off yet and as soon as that started wearing off as soon as that numbness was dissipating. I kind of settled into the the true pain and the true feeling of the the, the post surgery condition. And this is something that my my surgeon and my anesthesiologist told me before I went under: is you want to make sure you stay ahead of the pain. Uh, whatever you do, you know, don't be a tough guy. Don't try to to handle it yourself. Take the pain meds until you know what you're dealing with. And I I didn't know what I was really dealing with for about. 48 hours after my surgery. And when that, when that time came, I was, trust me, I was very glad that I'd stayed on top of my pain medications. Um, there were a time or two and there that I, I took an oxy to just help me relax and, and move through the pain, you know, at all times during these, these first days, you know, I'm icing constantly. Um, I am making sure I'm eating well, I'm staying hydrated, but you really do need to stay on top of the pain and, and having someone around to help you just get your pills, get your meals, help you pick up after yourself. Um, you know, it's humbling. It's a humbling experience. I was, and I still am very fortunate that my wife is willing and able to, to do that for me. And she's, she's been great. She's been terrific. And I couldn't ask for a better sidekick through this process. But if I didn't have her, and if I didn't have someone helping me, you know, even if it was a friend or a family member, this would be an extremely difficult week, um, on top of how difficult it already was. So I just want to really emphasize making sure that you have help around and making sure that you're, that you're staying on top of your pain medications until you really understand how the pain's going to settle in for you. And to that point, um, pain medication is going to make you feel constipated. You're going to start to realize that you haven't gone to the bathroom in a few days. And so for me, by, uh, let's see, Sunday, so three, three and a half days after my surgery, by Sunday, Monday morning, I was really trying to get off of those pain medications. My pain uh, at the surgical site had really reduced um, and I felt like things were getting better. And And I think this is really where my story is maybe a little bit more individualistic, um, as it, as it changes course on Tuesday. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but the pain really does start to subside after let's call it three, three to four days. Um, and that's, a, I've, I've, read that a lot. I've seen that kind of, um, recap of others experiences as well. You know, that's a good time to kind of pull yourself off of the, the, the tough drugs and get on the Tylenol or whatever has been uh, recommended. Um, so you still are, you're still feeling it. There's no doubt you're going to be sore. You're going to have some pain, but you know, ask yourself, do I really need the hard drugs to get by because you're going to end up feeling tired and loopy and you're not going to really want to be doing anything. And, and really it's about that time when you need to start moving around. You need to start to prepare for your first PT session. You need to start moving your ankle and, and pumping your, your calf muscle and, and seeing if you can start to activate your quad. Um, These are really important things after the surgery, and the first couple days, you're just not going to want to do anything. So do yourself a favor and and give yourself those first couple days, but then be aware of what you really need to start to transition into. As a side note, I want to mention for pain management, um, ice packs versus ice machines or those ice sleeves that pump water through a sleeve. And um, I was fortunate enough to get my hands on one of the ice sleeves as well as, um, some other ice packs I, I purchased before the surgery. And I I, I still continue to use both for different reasons, but I will say that the convenience of the ice sleeve over the knee, especially in the darkest of times in the first week, really absolutely help all of this. And there's my alarm. So we're going to, we're going to get to alarms next, so. The big thing with a sleeve is that you don't have to get up. You don't have to move around when you're, um, you know, trying to, trying to get comfortable. Essentially the biggest issue with ice packs is that you always need to have someone switch them out. You're always moving your leg around, you know, maybe clasping, unclasping your, uh, your knee brace. It's a, it's a pain in the butt. And, and it starts to, it starts to get frustrating because you find yourself doing it every hour or two when you want to just be laying there and trying to relax and trying to get comfortable. And, and once I was able to, to get the knee sleeve on a few days after my surgery, it was such a relief. It was, it was such a relief. It w it was incredible to just lay there for, you know, literally hours and being able to turn off and on this, this pump to, to send coolness to the, to the knee. I would, in, in retrospect, 100% 100% recommend anyone get a machine like that and have it available. Borrow it from someone. See if you can maybe rent it out from your local orthopedic center. If you have to buy one, I think they're maybe 125 bucks. well worth it. And um, again, I just feel fortunate that I was able to have access to one and then try it and then realize, wow, this is kind of a game changer. Really helps me out. Um, it's a lot less work, especially overnight when you don't want to be getting up middle of the night crutching around, trying to get ice packs out of the the freezer, which is exactly what I was doing the first few nights. That's a huge bummer. So if you have this sleeve on, you can wake up, you can go to the bathroom, go right to the back to the bed, turn on the ice machine, maybe lay there for 20 minutes, you know, get it cool again, and then go back to bed. I've even seen people that just leave the ice machine on all night long. Um, I did that a couple times on a on a lower temperature, so my you know my leg didn't freeze off. But I've I've experimented all around, and I think in general it's just a great a great piece of equipment to have around for a surgery like this. So timers, I'll touch on briefly. You just heard my timer go off a little while ago. My first PT session, uh, which came on Tuesday after my surgery really recommended that I start doing these exercises on essentially an hourly basis. So, um, make sure that you're able to set a timer on your phone or on a, a similar device and, and really be diligent about that in this first week. The first week is, is tough. There's no getting around it. Um, but if, if you can set a timer from let's say nine to nine every day on the hour, um, and every time it goes off, you just do a, a few sets of, of, of the, the quad, the quad sets or the ankle pumps or the leg raises. You need to get into that routine. You need to get into that mindset because what I, what I quickly realized is no one's going to do this for me. I'm going to have to really focus on activating these muscles that don't want to be activated right now. You can go to PT, you can have that 45 minutes of encouragement, but for the other 23 hours of the day, you have to be responsible for that recovery time. So just make sure you have a way to to, to remind yourself of, of when these things need to be done. So the uncommon but dreaded shin throb that I have experienced began on Tuesday, just after my first PT session. Uh, so again, I was... Um, uh, under the knife on Thursday and we're talking the following Tuesday, I went to my first PT and then, um, the bruising really was, was setting in and what I realized quickly after that PT session in the morning is that from Tuesday mid morning through really today. So this is my, my fourth day now of, of this pain is that I really have a major shin bruise and major shin swelling which essentially means that when i stand up at any at any point over the last 3 or 4 days i will go from pain level, you know, 1 or 2 and i will jump to a 10 within 5 seconds or within 10 seconds. Once that blood starts rushing down my leg and the weight and the gravity and the pressure all create this giant thunderstorm in my leg, it's been it's been terrible. And and what i've heard is that this condition, which I don't believe it actually has a name, but it's essentially the, the bleeding from the bone that is drilled on the lower half of your leg in the tibia. Um, a lot of people, let's say 99 out of a hundred people don't have this problem. Um, they, they have bruising, but they don't have this massive bruise that is, is created. Um, but I do, I was the, I'm the unlucky chosen one in this case. And so, um, I saw my surgeon today for the, the post visit, post operation visit, and uh, he said, yep, you know, this is exactly what I thought you were talking about on the phone. Um, he's like, I see this maybe once a year, um, but it does happen. Certain people bleed more from their, from the tunnel site, from the bone that we drill into on the bottom. And unfortunately, this is what you're dealing with. And, uh, he actually kind of joked with me and said, you know, I, am I'm pretty tough. And I, and I try to tell people to, to get over it and suck it up and get to work. And he said, but in this case, you know, I understand how difficult this must feel and how, how much pain you're in. So, um, again, the unlucky chosen one, but this is, this is sort of what I'm saying about the first week. You know, you never really know what you're up against, so don't plan on going back to work three days later don't plan on being on your feet walking around on day four you just you never know set your expectations lower you know try to try to temper those expectations because i can um, i'm willing to bet that there's going to be a setback or two or something that you didn't expect and this is certainly something i didn't expect so i'm still unable to put much weight on my leg even though i'm clear to do so uh, it just hurts too much so i'm really struggling and fighting through that pain right now. Um, even even though it's only when I'm standing, it's something that is is a time thing. It's just going to take time for the bruise to work through and and heal. So the final thing I want to talk about on this episode is the YouTube trap. And I mentioned this in the first episode, but I am a seeker of information. I want to understand what I'm up against. I want to have a benchmark. I want to see what other people have gone through. And when I, when I browse through YouTube videos about ACL reconstruction, the types of stories that I commonly see are these miraculous day one, I'm walking, I'm bending my leg to 70 degrees already, you know, whatever these, whatever these metrics are, they're, they're almost too good to be true, if that makes sense. And I, and I'm, Here I am at, you know, 4 a.m. waking up, you know, in a little bit of pain, icing my leg and I'm looking at YouTube videos about ACL surgeries and you got these bright faced YouTube people talking about how it's really not that bad. And, and what I realized is that it's a trap because a lot of these videos are taken on the day of, or the day after. And a couple things are happening there. Number one, the nerve block hasn't worn off yet, so they feel great they're on their hard drugs still, which makes you feel great. And they're really kind of planting their flag in the ground before anything's really settled in. And very rarely am I seeing any of these videos that go beyond day one, two or three. And the ones that do go beyond day one, two or three, you quickly realize how their tone changes and they realize, yeah, this, this hurts. This isn't fun. This isn't a cakewalk. And, um, I just want to caution you on doing too much research, jumping in too much to videos, because I think going back to expectations, it can set this expectation that um, it's going to be a miraculous, fast, painless recovery. And at least in my experience, in my personal experience, that has not been the case. Um, My pain is greatly reduced now, one week later, but I still have this issue with with the shin and there still is pain. I'm not moving around that great. I'm certainly not driving a week later, you know, I'm certainly not, you know, bending my knee back to my butt and, uh, just keep that in mind as you're, as you're looking for inspiration or videos or, um, kind of guiding lights for your own recovery process in this first week. So I'm gonna leave it at that. Uh, let me know if you have any questions about the first week and if you are embarking on your first week or currently in it, I wish you luck and. I hope that you have a terrific first week of recovery.